The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is a show that champions entrepreneurs, startups, early stage, in fact, all small business, and is heard around the world. This is the no bullshit business show. This is where you get it straight. We tell you how to do it, what we think you should do, and we give you advice where we can. And uh, I give a heartfelt thanks, thanks to all of our listeners for making us the number one business radio show in the world for entrepreneurs. Now, I hope you had a fantastic new year and are looking forward to a great 2013. I've been to a couple of events in the last week that discussed the financial outlook for this year, and everything I've heard is extremely positive. We'll have four or five rough months early, but the world economies have been stabilised, and as we enter a period of very strong growth, the outlook for entrepreneurs is excellent. The investors that I've spoken to are very enthusiastic about startup and early stage companies, and I'm convinced that this year is going to be a terrific one for business and for IPOs. I had possibly the best Christmas and New Year I have ever had in my life. And that's really saying something because I've spent Christmases all over the planet. Now, if you've been watching the news, you know that it's summer in Australia at this time of the year and the temperatures have been in excess of 115 degrees. Now, I haven't lived there for 25 years, but needless to say, I grew up in a warm climate. So this year, I wanted to have a white Christmas. So we booked a house on Lake Tahoe, which was absolutely extraordinary. Now, one of the keys to being successful in business is to promote people who really do business well and go the extra mile. So if all of us promoted everyone that really did the right thing by us, we would help a lot of businesses. Now, we booked a fabulous property right on the lake through an absolute gem of a lady named Erin Healy. And you can reach her on www.lakeviewattahorentals.com. I hope you wrote that down. It's www.lakeviewattahorentals.com. Everything you could possibly need was available. And they even put up Christmas decorations for us. It was fantastic. Now, we often talk about customer service on this program. Well, Erin has customer service down 
Pat. So if you're looking for an amazing experience at Lake Tahoe, get in touch with Erin. She is the real deal. Now, Erin epitomizes what this radio program is all about. Great business practices. Giving your customers what they expect and much, much more. In order to be successful, that's what every one of us needs to deliver to every customer every day. Now, Christmas night, we booked a restaurant called The Soul Domain because it looked and it sounded really cute. Now, what we didn't realize was that it was about an hour's drive around the lake on really icy roads with driving snow and almost no visibility. It was a really hairy drive. Now, I've never heard a sweeter sound from a woman's voice in my life than when the sat-nav said we had reached our destination. Hee-haw, thank God! But the sole domain is straight out of fairyland. It's a picturesque 80-year-old log cabin covered in snow and wonderfully decorated for the holidays. Rachel Soul sat us by a roaring open fire in an intimate restaurant. It's no wonder it's been voted the best place to take a date by the North, Sh- North Tahoe Truckee Action Guide for 13 years running. I reckon if you took your date to Sol Domain, you would be on a promise guaranteed. It is fabulous. The food and service, it would be the envy of the best restaurants anywhere. So for Charlie, who's the owner and chef, his brother Steve is the manager, and of course, Rachel, your mantra of we want our guests to walk away feeling like they had a complete experience, full of good food and at a good price and having a good time, you certainly live up to that promise. Now, very few people are satisfied with customer service today. We talk on this program all the time about the need to give your customers a terrific experience so that you'll get great word of mouth. You won't get a better experience than that provided by the sole domain, and they've done it for 25 years. So if you own one of the 191,000 restaurants in California, that are on the bones of your ass and struggling to make a living, I suggest you go to www.soul.com, make a booking and get some tips. At a time when the overwhelming majority of people believe that customer service is at an all-time low and 97% of businesses fail, I love it when I can promote a business that I've utilised who has set an example for most of the rest of us. It's that good. Now, as a business strategist and a marketer, I know just how hard it is to revitalize a brand or to make a business really successful. Just 50 years ago, Virginia City in Nevada was a ghost town. Now it's bustling with over 2 million tourists a year. This hasn't just happened. 
This is a great story about how to build a successful business through word of mouth. So let's just, let me just recap on my experience for a sec. I was driving through Nevada and I found myself in Virginia City, parked outside an old saloon bar called The Bucket of Blood. That's a great name. I just love it. So we're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere and the place is hopping. It was like another world, packed with people dressed up as cowboys as they would have been 200 years ago. There were cowboys with hats and chaps and spurs and guns. Other guys were dressed as gentry of the time. Some of the women were dressed as barmaids. Some looked like hookers. And others had all the finery of the times. As we sat there astonished, I mean, it was just amazing. For us city slickers, it was extraordinary. We were approached by sisters, Debbie and Mindy who explained that with their husbands, Bob and Frosty, incidentally, bloody good guys, um, and a number of other people, they come to Virginia City from Texas several times a year. We later found out that people come from all over America to events held in Virginia City throughout the year. Now, Debbie and Mindy convinced us that New Year's Eve in Virginia City was extraordinary. And they organised for us to come to the sold-out Bucket of Blood New Year's Eve party. Now, rather than drive back to Lake Tahoe and risk both the ice and the police at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're half full of ink, we stayed at the St Mary's Arts Centre. Now, this is a magnificent couple of hundred-year-old building that was originally the hospital during the Comstock Gold Rush in the 1800s. We met Rita Wheeler, who is an amazingly passionate executive director. This woman just bubbles. It's incredible. And she's also responsible for restoring this building back to its original glory. Now, the Arts Centre, we stayed there. It was lovely. It was comfortable. It needs work done to it still. But it's a favourite for ghost followers as the building reportedly upholds Virginia City's reputation as one of the three most haunted cities in America. I must admit, our room was supposed to have a person with some sort of lung disease that coughed all the time, but um, I hope my snoring didn't keep him awake. (laughs) Now, if you're interested in helping to restore a magnificent old haunted building back to its former glory please go on to stmarysartcenter.org that's s-t-m-a-r-y-s-a-r-t-c-e-n-t-e-r dot org and have a look at what your donation can help achieve she's done fabulous things Rita has and um, but there's still more to do and um, if you're a cowboy fan or just a fan of bringing heritage buildings and restoring them then please go online I'm sure you'll be impressed with this beautiful building now the New Year's Eve party it 
was incredible. Everybody was in fancy dress, all cowboys, except us, of course, because we didn't have any clothes. Well, we had clothes, but not cowboy clothes. And David John and the Comstock Cowboys, never heard of them, but I found out later they are a legendary, and I must say extraordinary, Western band. They played for about four hours. They had the whole place in a foot-stomping frenzy throughout the whole night. They interact wonderfully with the crowd, and they're fantastic. And I found out later that they're super well-known all over America, and people travel everywhere to see them, and they've got 16 albums that are all top sellers and all sorts of stuff. But until you see them in the bucket of blood, you really miss something. And I'm interview David actually in the next segment of the show. Virginia City's got a very rich history. The Comstock Lode was discovered in 1859 and provided huge quantities of gold. And while profits crashed during the Civil War, in 1872, the largest vein of high-grade ore in North America was discovered. This began the big bonanza with Virginia City growing into six schools, seven churches, 35 hotels, and 110 saloons with a population of 23,000. Six schools and 110 saloons. That's a bit of an imbalance, don't you reckon? The Virginia and Truckee Railroad was built in 1870 to carry hundreds of thousands of tonnes of ore. Over 90 mines produced $400 million of gold and silver in Virginia City way back then. Just think how much money that is. Now, apart from the Comstock load, the Virginia City legend, which has been so ably driven by the Chamber of Commerce, the Heritage Commission, and a bunch of really motivated people, has been fueled to a large degree by entertainment. Firstly, Errol Flynn starred in the movie Virginia City. Marilyn Monroe's hit movie, the Misfits was filmed nearby, and it was where Pa Cartwright, Hoss, and Little Joe of the giant hit TV show Bonanza used to go every week for supplies. I don't know about you, but I was glued to that show for years. It was fantastic. So Virginia City rang a bell in my brain. But, of course, it was the granddaddy of all storytellers, Samuel L. Clemens, with his tall stories of blatantly false massacres, impossible scientific discoveries, and highly inflated mining strikes that gave Virginia City a bigger-than-life reputation. While in Virginia City, Clemens changed his name to Mark Twain. Now, those who have guided the restoration and embellishment of Virginia City have had plenty to work with. The Silver Queen Hotel, with its 15-foot-tall painting of a woman in formal dress, she's embedded with 3,261 silver dollars, along with 28 gold pieces, and they make up her belt. The history of Julie Bellet, the famous madam, who was murdered in 1867, to the indignation of thousands, and there was this big hullabaloo over her burial. There's a heap 
of historical museums which reflect every aspect of life in Virginia City. The colourful saloons, including the Red Dog, where Janis Joplin famously dropped in. The Delta Saloon, with its infamous suicide table. And, of course, the Bucket of Blood, with David John and the Comstock Cowboys. The trolley tours, stagecoach rides, the 500 historic buildings, the wooden boardwalks, unchanged in 200 years, and the mine tours all add to a very colourful history. But the big attractions are the major events that the town stages. Camel races, street vibrations where tens of thousands of motorcyclists come to town. The 4th of July huge outdoor event with David John and the Comstock Cowboys with fireworks and a whole range of other things happening, being just a few. So by strategically focusing on these elements of folklore, historic attractions and a whole bunch of bullshit that's arisen during the period and carefully orchestrating the promotion of each of these through every business in the town, encouraging unique major events and utilising the great talents of David, John and the Cowboys, Virginia City turned a ghost town into a billion-dollar tourist attraction. They created a wow for every person, man, woman, child, irrespective of your age, and they've turned that into a word-of-mouth bonanza. Virginia City is a tremendous marketing story. So all of you retailers who sit there and bitch about Westfield coming to town or Walmart coming to town and going broke because you can't compete, that is hogwash, rubbish, drivel. The only thing that stops you competing with the big guys is you and a strategy to do it. So don't forget, this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, the small business person that's listening to this show, looking for tips on how to be more successful. That is what we are here for. This whole show is dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So if you have a question, don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we will answer you on air or we'll email you directly. I'm Bob Pritchard and after the break, I will talk with my guest, American Western music legend, David John. And I'll be back with David in just a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. 
Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the no-bullshit, straight-talking business show designed for entrepreneurs, people in small business who just want it the way it is, straight. As I mentioned at the start of the show... I had one of the most incredible New Year's Eves that I've ever experienced in my life. And that's saying something, because I've been around a long time, and I've brought in the New Year in all corners of the world. I've done all sorts of extraordinary stuff. But last week, on New Year's Eve, totally by accident, I found myself in Virginia City, in Nevada, at the Bucket of Blood Saloon, which is... If you haven't been to Virginia City, it's um, there's 500 buildings that are exactly like they were back 150, 170 years ago, and the boardwalks. Uh, it, it's it's a fantastic old cowboy mining town, exactly as it was. And I found myself in Virginia City. I walked into the Bucket of Blood Saloon, and there was this great band playing. So I stayed all afternoon. <coughs> I met some terrific Texans who invited us to stay um, at a place that they'd rented, um, the Art Centre. So I went down there, and then New Year's Eve came, and I found myself surrounded by a full house of people who'd come from all over America, from overseas, to come along to New Year's Eve and spend this extraordinary night. Now, not only was it a room jammed full of people, these people were costumed from the from the Comstock gold rush days, from the mid-1800s. Some were cowboys with their cowboy hats and their chaps and their spurs and guns. Others were dressed as gentry of the time. Some of the women dressed as barmaids and some of them in all the finery of those days. It was extraordinary. However, what really made the night fantastic was the entertainment. David John and the Comstock Cowboys, who I admit I had never heard of before, and they absolutely knocked this crowd dead for four hours. They are simply one of the most entertaining acts I've ever seen. And as those of you who have listened to the show before know that, you know, I spent 15 years up on stage as a rock and roll singer. And to entertain people for four hours and be really good from the first song to the last song really takes some doing. David's got a fantastic baritone voice and the fiddles and the steel guitars and the personality of every member of the band you know, and the audience just got into every song. So as I mentioned earlier, in the mid-1990s, Virginia City was a ghost town. It's now a thriving tourist attraction with, one over, with well over one million tourists a year. And everyone I spoke to said that David John and the Comstock Cowboys have played a really big role in putting this amazing city back on the map. And David John and the Cowboys are everywhere. Every store you go into, their albums are available. They've got 16 albums available in every store. 
And then I found that every performance, whether it be in Virginia City, I think next week they're in uh, one of the casinos in Reno, and all over, venues all across the country are packed. David John was nominated Songwriter and Entertainer of the Year by the Western Music Association. They've generated CD sales never seen before by an independent label. And an increasing number of fans from all over the world see them rapidly becoming the number one Western music act in America. So with 16 top-selling albums and 18 singles, David John is already a Western music legend, as legendary as Virginia City itself. I'm really pleased to have David on the phone from Virginia City. Hi, David. How are you? Hello, Bob, and it's great to be on your show. Thank you. I, firstly, I just want to thank you for a fantastic night on New Year's Eve. I didn't know what to expect, and then to walk into the Bucket of Blood, I mean, just the name gets me, you walk into the blood, Bucket of Blood Saloon and just imagine what it was like, you know, 150, 200 years ago or whatever. It was just one of those nights I will never, ever forget. It was great. Well, yeah, it's you know, it's got and that's the atmosphere of uh, the 1850s when when uh, Virginia City was born. Yeah, uh, it's really so. Good. It's it, we it still has that atmosphere. So many Western towns have uh, modernized in in not only uh, physically but in spirit. But not yeah. Virginia City. It still has the spirit of the old West. Yeah, and it's it's really amazing. I stayed down at the art center. Um, which is an incredible building on, in itself, and they tell me that that's that's still haunted by all the old ghosts of the cowboys and and the um, the madam of the of the time. I can't remember her name. She's buried just. You've done a song about her. Um, yes, uh, Julia Bulette, uh, yeah, famous. Uh, yeah, uh, mistress, <laughs> lady of the evening. Yeah, well, unfortunately, unfortunately, she wasn't the ghost in my room. <laughs> now you, you have well, always. Uh, been... She was murdered uh, in Virginia City, and that was uh, back in you know I forget which year that was, eighteen fifty nine or something. Yeah, and uh, they hanged, uh, they hung the guy that did it. They right, had about a three day a trial. And hung him right here in town. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have him in my room either. Now, you're, you're these days you're a pretty craggy cowboy. You look like you've lived life pretty well. Um, at what age did you realise that you wanted to be an entertainer? Uh, what, what do I want to do as an entertainer? No, what, what, uh, when, when did you start first decide that you wanted to be an entertainer? How old? Oh, were you? oh okay. Yeah, I got you. All right. I. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, you- uh, like eight, nine years old, I started playing uh, guitar and music. Uh, Did your and, family uh, have a history of music? And I, and I, that was it. I was hooked ever since I was a kid. So, Do, uh, did you ever do anything else when? Really- when you left school, did you, did you go straight into entertaining, or did you do something else? Yes, I did. I, when I graduated, I went right to New York City and pounded the streets. Pushing my songs and music, and got on some major record labels, and, and had some songs on charts and ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride, this business. Yeah, sure is. Um, yeah. So you um, you've you've written a lot of songs. Yeah, and you know, and people ask me how many, and I I'm afraid to count them because that <laughs> might be my last one, so I don't count them. Yeah, it also dates you, doesn't it, mate? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't care about that. I've written three thousand songs. Shit, you must be old. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how many I wrote. So, how did it? But, 
did the Comstock Cowboys come about? How did the Comstock Cowboys? Well, I, I lived in Nashville for 10 years before I moved uh, here in 1990. Yeah. And and I uh, I was doing, uh, you know, the country music scene there, that songwriter, a music role, and uh, I just got really tired of the whole big corporation thing, you know, where the companies are controlled and artists are controlled by, yeah. by the major labels. And so I said, I just want to get away, go west. And I've been out here before. And I settled in and I started doing my love is Western music and uh, came to Virginia City and I came up with that name for the for the group that uh, that joined me. Yeah. And uh, Comstock Cowboys. Yeah. For those of you who are listening that are not familiar with Virginia City, um, Comstock, there was a, the name of the area. It, it comes from um, it was huge mining area, gold mining and silver just down the hill, and uh, so it's all around the Comstock Lode, I guess, and uh, so that's how I guess the name came about. Well, there was a fellow named Com- Comstock that uh, had a big mining claim up here, and that was the first known, you know, claim that, and his name stick like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it becomes a Comstock, and if you ever watch Bonanza. Uh, on TV. Yep. Incidentally, Bonanza really is, uh, I can't take credit for putting this, this town back on the map, like Bonanza really did the television series. Yeah, and there uh, was a... When that, yeah, and the Comstock load, uh, was it, it was all about the Comstock load, yeah. The, um, so what, what's been the most memorable highlight of your career? What's the real high point of David John's career? Uh, let's see. <clears throat> I've had records, you know, like I say, it's a roller coaster ride. And I've had uh, records that I hit the charts. And, uh, I got offered to put, uh, do a USO tour in, Viet- in the Vietnam. That was pretty, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that would have pretty been eventful. Yeah, that would have been great. Have you written songs about um, that era, that the Vietnam? Experience. Yes, I did. I got. A, I have a song uh, called the, uh, "The Wall." Right. It's about. Uh, it's on my uh, Patriot CD. I have, and it's about the vets that came home and were really neglected after the yeah, war. They, you know? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about that. And it's, I do it every uh, Memorial Day and like uh, Veterans Day. <laughs> so what's the yeah. lowest? What's the lowest point? Well, there's a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you being a musician, you know, uh, re- you have to get used to rejection. You know, you, yeah. Uh, you go to a record company and they, you can't, you know, just, you get the feeling that they think you're nothing. So, yeah. Uh, you can't I, take it serious because they don't really know that much. Yeah. They, they, they really, um, I, I know a lot of people in the industry and, um, it, it's a bloody tough business, and and it, yeah. these days, particularly, um, it's all about it's all about dollars. Back in back in the early days, it was a lot easier, wasn't it? Oh sure, yeah. The uh, I I haven't been in Nashville in the Nashville music business for since uh, nineteen 1990s when I moved out here, and it even got worse since then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a business of uh, young people running it that 
think just because they got lucky, they had a, a successful hit as a producer. Yeah. That everything they, everything they tell you is right, and they're not. You know, it's just uh, nobody can see the future. Yeah. Now, on this program, you know, we talk to a lot of people in the entertainment business, but we're not a we're not an entertainment show. We 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 don't talk about their performing really, uh-huh. or any of that other crap that you read in the tabloids. You know, but um, yeah. But we talk about how they treat entertainment as a business, and we've got a lot of young singer songwriters and entertainment people who listen to the show who understand the performing part. They got that worked out, but are not very good at the business part. You're obviously pretty good at both. So how do you keep? When, you know, I was. Um, when I was performing, I had a group of musos behind me as, as a band, and um, mm-hmm. you know one of the hardest things to do is try to keep all these people harmonious and friendly and staying together without having wars. How do you keep your group of musicians and sound engineers and all the others together for so many years when most groups just seem to argue yeah. and disintegrate? Well, you know, uh, I. I I'm personally, uh, I'm the Comstock Cowboy, so I've had different musicians yeah. through the through the years, you know, and uh, I hire them. Yeah. They're hired help for me, and what I've had, they stay, stay with me for years because we get along. We all, they wouldn't be with me if they didn't believe in my music, my songwriting. Sure. Absolutely. And that's part of it, you know, and it has to be, uh, they, they can't just do it for the money. Yeah. If they do, they, you'll they'll find out right away that they won't stay long. This, you know, yeah, it would it wouldn't fit with what I do. So and, but, and then you become you get become friends and uh, things are they work out. You're almost a team, you know, that yeah. way. It's like yeah, the, the the most important thing I guess is having an absolute passion for the same sort of music. Um, yeah, it, one of the troubles with rock bands is they all have. Think that they have a different way to go. You know, they've got a better way, and uh, they break up. Yeah. So your builders, um, David John and the Comstock Cowboys, and on stage, uh-huh. you're obviously the powerful person personality. But do you make all the decisions for the band? I mean, are you the? Um, are you oh yeah, of, yeah, I do. And you decide it what makes you're it going easier. To... It makes <laughs> it easier for everybody. Yeah, it's easier. In just... other words, you got to have a. You have to have a CEO. You can't have everybody in the company decide. You know, it's just too many different uh, personalities. Yeah, and, and they're all they're on stage. They all come across as their own personalities too, don't they? They all, each of them have got yeah. add really add something to the show. And uh, uh-huh. so, you decide where you're going to play, and you decide how much you're going to charge, and you decide what you're going to record, and all of those other decisions that. Um, Go into running yes, a business. I do. Yeah. So, yes, I do. Yeah. Of course, I take, I accept any input. Sure. From you know the boys in the band, you have to. I mean, they're the musicians, and if they say, hey, "Let me try this," yeah, sure, I'm open to any good suggestions and input. But the hard decisions of what songs we're doing and what type of music, uh, I stay true to my, uh, you know, true to your roots and your beliefs. Yeah. Do, so do you have yeah. a? Yeah. A, have you? I guess you've been through periods where you've had a manager and um, have yeah. ma- I've been with agencies and managers. <laughs> so if you're a young, um, I, I'm a young songwriter out there, and I'm listening to you now, um, and I'm 
uh-huh. 25 years old, and I've written a few songs, and I think I'm pretty good. What would you suggest that I do? Where, where would you suggest that I start to get my career going? Yeah, that's a good question, because I do get that from, you know, kids, and I wish somebody shook me when I was young, said, you're doing the wrong thing, do this, or, you know what I mean? Instead of, well, I hear so many people say, I'm a good songwriter, and I keep sending my songs to Nashville, Yeah. and I don't hear nothing. Yeah. Well, that ain't the way you do it, because <laughs> there's people living in Nashville for years that can't even get an appointment. Right. And, and so the songs that get sent there unsolicited end up thrown in the basket, you know, thrown in the wastebasket. So uh, if you don't commit yourself 100% and move to where the music business is, go out there and struggle, starve, play for nothing, yeah. then maybe you got a small percentage of a chance. <laughs> it is that hard, isn't it? I, I was speaking to a Hollywood... Yeah. I did an interview with a Hollywood writer, and I and I asked him. I said, "You know, what's your advice for how much money is a young screenwriter? He writes a great screenplay, and he sends it to a studio. If they pick it up and they love it, what can he expect at the end of the day?" And uh-huh. he says, "Well, you can expect to be surrounded by lawyers and accountants and managers, and if your movie's yeah. a huge hit, everybody will think you're a star and you'll be famous." But you won't have any more money than when you bloody yeah. well started. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, yes. Takes years before uh, you have to prove yourself. One hit record in this business isn't enough. Because then the company says, "Well, we put the, we put that much in, into your career just to push you," you know. Yeah, that's right. So you don't start seeing royalties for maybe two or three hit records. So in this if, business, see you. You can get your you guys' records are on iTunes. Do you use YouTube? Yeah. Now, now with me, I I chose a different path. I'm underground, you know, like an underground group, a uh, yeah, a group that we promote ourselves. We've been doing I'm like doing my own CDs. My wife helps me, and uh, we have distribution. We're in stores. We've been in Cape Walmart's and uh, yeah, everywhere and you go. We, yeah, we don't have to uh, rely on the major labels and and not making as much money as them, but yeah. we're happier. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking when I was watching you on uh, the other night, I was thinking you, with with all the different you know with the steel guitar and the fiddles and the and everybody sings and I, I, and they've all got a great personality. I would have thought that you know a really well edited clip on YouTube would be a smash I reckon I reckon I love yeah. you guys I reckon you're fantastic um, oh you've been you've yeah, been at the it. bucket you've been at the bucket of blood now for 10 years it's obviously uh-huh. the perfect venue for you and and people come in and dress up and it's become you know sort of part of folklore I guess how do you continue to fill the place and and mesmerize the crowds like you did on New Year's Eve week after week after week I mean how do you keep up with the time well you don't keep up with the times but how do you no. continually evolve your act so that the same people keep coming back yeah well one of my uh, one of my little uh, I don't know if you call it secret but I don't have a set list where I you know this this, this is a song sheet I'm going to do tonight right uh, I, I play off the wall I play off the people so it's a casual uh, casual atmosphere 
where we they interact with the crowd that way and yeah you do it's almost like a party you know it's yeah. more intimate your 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 interaction with the crowd and the crowd's interaction with you too is is, is really fantastic yeah. i love it now i was told you've got a recording studio in your home is that right yeah yeah so and i do uh do all of our stuff here oh you do it all there you prefer that than going to nashville or whatever yeah uh, well i i record sometimes in the big studios but i haven't for a while uh i got all the stuff i need and uh for my type of music, I don't, I, I don't need any more than twenty-four tracks. Yeah, and uh, I don't even use that many. I use like sixteen tracks when I record. And, and I, I guess it's a more familiar. You don't have the pressure of people trying to push you and all those things that you have in the studios. Yeah, and the convenience of if I get a great idea. I don't have to call up the studio and say, all right, get in next Friday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I can go right in my studio and, and put it down, you know. Do you, um, how much rehearsal do you guys do? I mean, you, you're such a tight outfit that, you know, you sound like you rehearse all the time, but, or is that just because you've been playing so long together and you know each other so well? Yeah, well, we, we play a lot together and, yeah. uh, we, we uh when we do our Christmas shows, we just came off the road with that. It's a totally different venue. It's all Christmas music. Yeah. From my Christmas CD, and uh, that requires a lot of rehearsal because it's unlike anything we do the rest of the year. And it, so that's a different thing set up here. You know, and I go back to this venue. It's very hard to imagine um, you in your cowboy hat and you and you cowboy gear and your guns and your and your spurs and you know all the rest of it singing christmas music somehow i just well it's cowboy christmas stuff cowboy christmas stuff uh, yeah and it's, the, the, the title of our christmas cd is christmas in the sierra okay and it's all it's all about the west you know and the snow and the in the mountains and the little it's, towns and the, it's so beautiful up there you know we yeah you know, I'm originally from Australia. I've been living in Los Angeles for 25 years, but I'm originally Australian. And, uh, oh. of course, Christmas for us has always been hot. And so this was yeah. my, actually my very first white Christmas, and it was absolutely fabulous. I mean, it's just so oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's there. right, because you, you were snow. here for Christmas. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Now, and we had a bunch of snow up here in Virginia City. We had yeah, well, we uh, Yeah, the, the snow. I got I got bogged in the snow down at the art center. I um I know the snow. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get the bloody car out. Um, yeah. You've got an enormously talented band, and your popularity's skyrocketing. What's the future hold for you guys? Where does David John and the Comstock Cowboys go from here? Uh, well, we just keep doing it. That's all. I got another CD. I'm going to start uh, working now. After, after the first of the year, I'm starting it. And, uh, it's all about trains and doing songs about the train, the old trains of the West. And, uh, wherever that takes us. <laughs> that's about okay. it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, do, do you prefer this? I, I saw as I was sitting in a casino losing some money, um, that you guys are on, I think, I'm sure it was, I went to quite a few casinos <laughs> while I was up there, but I thought it was, um, in Reno. So you guys are appearing in Reno. Do you like, work in the big rooms or would you rather be back at the bucket well I do love this particular place we're playing tomorrow night uh, John Esquire's Nugget it's uh, 
celebrity showroom, so it's a beautiful uh, showroom with stadium seating and yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's it's it's beautiful. The lighting and the smoke and everything. So you feel just as comfortable in a big room as you do in a little room? Oh, sure, yeah. And we do a lot of outside concerts. Uh, in the small yep. rooms, sometimes it gets a little little crowded, and you got to deal with uh, the close, you know, everybody gets a little Yeah, and you get the odd, crowded. Yeah, they got the yeah. odd guy who has a few many drinks or whatever, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David? But we play for tourists there, so we don't get too many, you know, the, the rowdy drunks in there. Yeah. That's for the night groups. The night groups do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys actually absolutely own that stage. David, thanks very much for being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You've certainly won a big fan with me. I love it. I've already made arrangements to come back to Virginia City for the big event on the 4th of July. Everybody oh, tells yeah. me it's great. You play out in the parking lot and with the fireworks overhead. Everybody tells me it is yeah. sensational. So I've already booked in for that. Yeah. So I'm there 4th of All July. Right. Now, if you're well, listening, thank you for having me. That's all right. And if you haven't been to the, the Bucket of Blood Saloon in Virginia City or caught David or the band at any of their other gigs across America, make sure you do. I can absolutely guarantee you that once you see David and the Comstock Cowboys, you won't regret it. They are great. Now, if you'd like to know more about David, John, and the Comstock Cowboys, go to www.comstock. Cowboys.com or just email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and I will forward the information to the guys. If you get a chance, go onto iTunes. I've just been looking at iTunes while I've been talking to David actually and having a look. They've got a bunch of albums up there and you can go in and have a listen. They are great or if you see one of their albums in the store, pick it up. I'm Bob Pritchard and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show after this short break. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. 
No Bullshit Business Show coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles. Now, this is a segment where I answer your emails, and because we get literally thousands of emails from all over the world, each week I try to answer at least one email from outside the United States. This email segment is really popular, and I think the reason that it is is because it doesn't matter whether you have a big business or a small business, no matter what business you're in, whether you're a plumber or you're in technology, or in what part of the world you're located, we all have the same issues. When I go out speaking around the world it, and uh, it comes to question time, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether I'm in Moscow or Istanbul or Sydney or Las Vegas, I get asked exactly the same questions. Today I was copied on an email from Robert, Robert Tursik, um, who's a member of Metal and one of my colleagues at Metal, concerning the relevance of CES, which of course is on this week in Las Vegas. Now, if you're not familiar with CES, it's the world's largest consumer technology trade show. It attracts 156,000 visitors from 150 countries to see over 3,000 exhibitors and 800 world-class speakers. It's always been a place where new technology has been launched or announced, you know, by the likes of Microsoft and Apple, etc. The question that was asked is whether CES is still relevant. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Robert Tursik, he is one of the most prolific creators of inter interactive content, having created breakthrough entertainment experiences on every digital platform, including satellite television, game consoles, broadband internet, interactive television, and, of course, mobile networks. Variety named him one of the dozen most influential players in new media. Robert was president of digital media at the Oprah Winfrey Network, senior vice president of digital media at Sony Pictures, and was also creative director at MTV. So let me just read you part of Robert's email. In an era of always-on, fast-twitch, 24-hour, Claim jumping, itchy trigger finger, first past the post, gotcherism, unattributed sources, rampant speculation, no due diligence, rumour and bald pronouncement, the answer is simply no. CES is no longer relevant. So why do they go to CES then? People go because they are in the habit of going. They are on mental cruise control. They are on autopilot. They don't expect to see revelations, and anyway, most of them wouldn't recognise one if they saw it. The primary objective of most exhibitors is to make contact with other zombies that are also on life support in the vain hope that tying two stones together might help them both float. This is a conference devoid of content. Most of the so-called consumer electronics have been vaporised, turned into smartphone apps, and these are available on every phone. The CES body is still twitching, but the brain died long ago. This particular show may persist for some time, but they are coasting on fumes, on cruise control, en route to oblivion. Wow, I wish I'd written that. That is a great email. <laughs> That's really telling it the way it is. 
and coming from a guy with the credentials of Robert, we really need to take it on board. Of course, there are always two sides to every story. Stephen Swimmer, also a medal member, a pioneer of the web and digital media strategy and a former director of online content at the Fox Broadcasting Company. Well, he responded with this email. I'm hitting both CESX and NMX. It's all about the hallway and the conversations that are happening at every turn. The exhibit floor is less about products, less about product news than getting context and being able to talk with reps, engineers and creators. Yes, it's a chaotic mess, but it's not just about the gadget news. It's about talking to people and exchanging ideas. It's truly an ordeal and you have to have the right mindset to get something out of it. So, there's two sides to every coin, and I guess it depends on how many people you want to meet and whether you've got um, sufficient input from all other sources when CES is not on. But before you head off to Vegas to CES, in a zoo of 160,000 people, maybe you should consider both viewpoints. And the first email that came to me today is from Alex Wilkinson from Dallas, Texas, and Alex writes, Dear Bob, thanks for a great program. I really enjoy it. Like many of your listeners, I've also bought Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets as an audio book. There is much great information in it, but I wish you could go into more detail in many of the chapters. However, my question is about what steps I can take to differentiate my business and add value to my customers. Many of the things that we used to regard as added value, our customers now expect as normal. Well, Alex, firstly, thanks for buying a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets. I really appreciate it, and I hope you get a hell of a lot out of it. Now, there's already 300 pages in the book. And if I really detailed every step on how to execute everything, first of all, it would be a thousand-page book. And secondly, no one would ever hire me and pay me money for consulting advice. So what you do, you tease them a bit, and then they have to come to you and pay you money. It's a pretty good plan, really. With regard to adding value to your customers, it's a combination of people, product, process, and practices. (coughs) The product alone will never give you the competitive edge because if your competitor doesn't have it right now, they're likely to have it in the very near future. There are four levels of customer value. The first is basic, where you provide good quality product or service. The second is the expected level of customer value. This includes an explanation of benefits and features and, of course, good service. The third level is the desired level. This is where you provide advice on care, maintenance, and additional opportunities. It's what the customer really wants. And what you should be doing is the unexpected. This is where you go the extra mile with service, added value, and other benefits. Providing the unexpected level of customer service is the only real way to differentiate yourself from your competitors. The ways in which you can differentiate yourself, though, are the environment. Now, this includes parking, 
the appearance of your factory, your store or yourself or whatever, your merchandising and your presentation. The second is sensory elements, the ambiance in which the people are submitted to, the atmosphere, music. Music can change people's buying patterns dramatically and visual movement. Personal contact, empathy, friendliness, helpfulness, good communication. Meeting customer requirements is another one. Easy to locate products and information. Providing people the information that they require when they require it. Delivery. This is both presentation and also giving people delivery times or pickup times to accommodate them and not you. Financial aspects. Risk reversal. Customer-friendly paperwork. And, of course, follow-up. After sale, follow-up and service. Alex, if you take care of your customers, they'll come back. If you take care of your product, they won't. It really is that simple. Now, since you've got an audio copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, we will send you out a copy of my last book, Marketing Magic, which also features Brian Tracy, J. Conrad Levinson, Robert Bly, and a bunch of others. It's a great read, and it gives you marketing advice from a number of different perspectives. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Spread the word. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. My January newsletter just came out. I reckon it's pretty good. We've had a fantastic lot of comments on it. So send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com, follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. I hope you've enjoyed our first live show for 2013. It's hard to imagine that we've been doing this show since 2011. 2011 seems like such a hell of a long time ago. But it's a heap of fun bringing it to you each week and every week. I'll be with you at the same time again next week. From Los Angeles, and no matter where you are in the world, we're going to address the critical issues that affect small business. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have a terrific week personally and in business. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.